Rough Trade is giving away a third of the first three months of the Rough Trade Club plus new music membership exclusively to 101 Part-Time Jobs listeners. Become a member of Rough Trade Club New Music and you'll receive the Rough Trade Album of the Month straight to your door every month on an exclusive vinyl pressing with bonus material. Club members have received exclusive pressings of albums from Sufjan Stevens, Sprints, The Last Dinner Party, English Teacher and Over Mono, just to name a few, this past year alone. Sign up using the promo code CLUB101POD and you'll get Rough Trade's Album of the Month, Camera Obscura's Look to the East, Look to the West for a third of the usual price. By signing up, you'll be getting Rough Trade's exclusive issue of the album on opaque purple in a gatefold sleeve plus a bonus CD containing five demos. Don't want the album of the month but still want all the benefits? Sign up to the standard tier using Club 101 Pod and you'll still get the first month free. You'll also get free shipping on all orders, 10% off at the bar and on secondhand vinyl in store and exclusive access to sold out Rough Trade events. So don't hang around. Head to roughtrade.com slash club and sign up with the code CLUB101POD. That's CLUB101POD and claim money Money off Rough Trade's album of the month today. This offer is for UK residents only. Do you play in bands? I did for the longest time. And I wish that I knew that DistroKid was a thing. I don't even think it existed back then. DistroKid makes music distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads and artists keep 100% of your royalties and earnings. A million plus artists rely on DistroKid to get their music on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, and all the major streaming services. When you get DistroKid, you can see a DistroKid bank and withdraw your earnings. You get notified when you've earned royalties and you can withdraw via the app. And you can even check your streaming stats on Spotify Spotify and Apple. Get 30% off your first year on DistroKid by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. 30% off for your first year. That's not bad. We know it's a tough world out there. Why don't you make it easier for yourself? And to get 30% off that free year as an artist where you get 100% of your royalties and earnings, go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. All right, stay with me. I'll be right back after this. Hey, podcast listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for season nine. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today. Welcome to 101 Part-Time Jobs with me, Giles Bidder. It's the podcast where I speak to musicians, creative people who have been prolific in being stubborn, (laughs) in being able to just play music all the time, no matter what they're doing in life, to put time into their vision. People who are creating stuff. Uh, that's the thing that gets me hard. That's the stuff that makes me really excited is people who are building their own world. People who are being like, fuck that. I don't really care what else is going on. I'm going to do my own thing, take what I think is cool from the world and build my own treehouse, make my own skate ramp. 
write my own record. And such is the case is Will Anderson, who is Hotline TNT, really. He wrote all the songs. He plays all the instruments on their new record, Cartwheel. They're a brilliant live band. There's five of them. I saw them in London. There was some sickies. Uh, their tour manager was playing guitar. After the show, I went up to Will, and I was the it was kind of funny actually. I was the last person uh, at the merch desk. I was a bit kind of half cut, and I kind of ambled up to the desk. And <laughs> you know, when someone's like they want you to order and fuck off, I very much got that vibe from Will, and I appreciated it. I asked him for uh, you know the merch desk. Sometimes he's like, how much is this? How much is that? I'm saying I'm not the person who's going in for deals. That's not what I'm saying, but I will take them if you're offering. There, he, there was a newsletter that was a fiver and so I picked that up and on the way home I read it and just totally fell in love with this personality. This guy writing about basketball, uh, talk about his family, his brother and his dad and I thought what a wonderful thing that he can connect basketball and his love for it and his familial life with music and with punk rock. That's a bit of me that. I love that stuff and that made me really kind of uh, step into Will Anderson's world. So we set up this chat and we're going to get to know Will from Hotline TNT just a little bit better. If this is your first time listening to 101 Part-Time Jobs, welcome. This is episode 302. We've had some amazing guests come on recently, feeling very lucky. Kurt Viles, our 300th episode. Feel free to scroll down and find someone you're interested in and click play. I think that's the way this thing works, right? If you're able to subscribe, that would be massively appreciated. If you've got 30 seconds to leave a rating or a review, that would be mega. That is top draws. 2000 Trees is a brilliant festival in Cheltenham, just a few hours away from London on the train. They're a brilliant independent festival that I love going to every year and they've just announced their 2024 lineup where the Gaslight Anthem is headlining, Manchester Orchestra's playing, Hot Mulligan, Boston Manor, Gouge Away, loads of brilliant bands to be announced. It's always stellar there. If you want to get your ticket and trust me, if you want to go to a camping festival next year in the UK and you're into this kind of music, 2000 Trees is really the one you should go to. You can get tickets right now at 2000trees.co.uk. Uh, they're the cheapest they'll ever be right now. And if you get them before the end of the year, then you'll be able to return them and get a full refund uh, only before the end of the year. It's pretty cold out there. It's cold in my flat and I'm complaining about it. Although this week I've decided to stop complaining about it because there's people on the road. Uh, this is the time of year, you know, you'll be reading about it for a reason. That's because people are living outside on the street, living in tents. It's not a lifestyle choice. Their tents are being taken away by particular councils around the UK, being driven away by those dustbin lorry bastards. If you go past someone today or tomorrow, and they look like they're in need of a cup of tea. You can buy someone a hot drink. It's cold this winter. Crisis.org.uk. Uh, have a look and just have a think. I mean, just even by talking about it and having a bit of brain power going towards homelessness in the UK and around the world, we can do some good by thinking about what we can do and then putting that into action. Okay, before we get into this chat, I've got Rebecca from Eka and also Ampolo here. Ampolo is the first all-in-one app connecting a global community of musicians to practice, record and collaborate. And there's some new features coming on there, aren't there, Rebecca? You can start making money as an artist. 
other artists can remix your songs. What's going on over there? So we've heard people say before that the magic of the app is the fact that you're able to upload any music, remove your instrument and play along so you feel part of the song. I mean, there's really no feeling like it when you're playing with one of your favorite songs and you feel like you're part of that band. We have revolutionary tools which allow you to layer your audio and video recordings to share and collaborate with others in your own real-time project. And that's all thanks to our AI music separation. All right, and Polo, download it now. Okay, here we go from Hotline TNT and Ass and Up. It's Will Anderson. One hundred and one part time. That's you've got a dog in your flat in Brooklyn. He is at his babysitter's house in Minneapolis or Red Wing, Minnesota. Okay. Actually, that's a, bit, that's a bit of a ways away, right? It is, yeah. But this is kind of like a long stretch. We did the UK, obviously. And yeah. uh, I was supposed to go right from the UK to Vancouver and then straight to Syracuse for another three weeks. And I was just like, I'm going to make sure he's really happy. Get him with his. He's got a cousin there, a dog cousin nice. and some other cats. Yeah. So um, cool. I didn't want to like figure back and forth in New York babysitting yeah so you're pretty your, your schedule is pretty crazy right now how how uh, does that suit the kind of person that you are do you think yeah i like to be choked out um for sure <laughs> um it's uh it can be hard at times but uh there's nothing else i'd rather be doing so i guess you build into it right because you played in weed yeah a few years back yep. and you toured you did the touring thing you released some records yeah i would learn how to tour yeah, we definitely learned how to. I learned how to tour in those days. I wouldn't say it's nearly as crazy as, as what I'm doing right now, but um, I I mean I was in school too at that time, so it was kind of like huh. literally every school break we're going to schedule a tour. Every summer vacation mm -hmm. we're doing a tour. Weekends yeah, we'll do a couple. Of, you know everything you can. So yeah, I guess it builds up, doesn't it? It builds up into into what you're doing now with Hotline TNT, of uh, you know that that week that weekend once every month becomes twice and then it just doubles up doubles up double you're always folding down the paper yeah yeah definitely it's just uh the balance keeps tipping further and further into what we're at now which is yeah. almost all the time the songs are great the album's great it's there's such a great feeling a lot of um the tagline in the emails and the reviews is like shoegaze teenage fan club um yeah. I mean, that's pretty good entry point, but I think it's, you've got your own thing going on. That's the special thing. There's like some power pop, leave town, leaving town, out of town. That's my favorite. Oh, cool. Fucking, what, what a fucking hit. Where does that come from for you? Like a song like that, a song like out of town, was that like in the midst of other tunes that you were writing at that, that time? Was that part of a batch? That was actually a, a bit of a standalone, to be honest with you. That was kind of like I had already finished what I thought was the album. And then um, this one kind of snuck in at the last second. Um, what yeah. is it about it? That's the, that happens, doesn't it? That's, that's yeah. like a, it's a weird thing that happens. Yeah. I'm mean, ready. It's it was all done. Thing. We did. We, I worked with two different producers for the, most of the record. And then, um, yeah, I just kind of had one more song that I was noodling around with in my apartment here in the bedroom and yeah. had a four track version and i hit up my friend drew who lives in new york and i was like dude can you get us into a practice space and just record this one last song and uh i'm glad we did Great. people are, are definitely liking that one so it's cool 
Yeah, awesome. Four tracks. I mean, that must be fun to record on the four track. Drum machine? Um, not for that one. Um, that one, uh, the four track is usually just I'll do like two acoustic guitars and two vocal tracks. Yeah. But yeah, it's a task yeah. I had since I was in high school. Still, it's little. It's the Porta Studio. Yeah, I could grab it right now, but it's in the other room, and it's just it's like literally this big, and that's all I need. I've got yeah. I've got this one, and I haven't actually used it yet. Yep, I think that's like one step up from what I have. So mine's even more basic than that. Um, yeah, but I've spent spent a couple of hundred quid on it, and it's cheaper that I haven't used it yet. But I'm just waiting for the right time. I don't know, you know, for to feel good and and do it because it's got its own. Because I did use it when I got it at a couple of, but it's got its own personality, doesn't it? It, does. it has some bits that are, you know, it it knows how it wants to be treated. Yeah, no, definitely. There's, I mean, even after all these years, there's stuff I'm learning about it that I didn't. It's it's really fun to work with limitations. I think um, that's funny, and it helps kind of push the songs in new directions. Yeah. yeah for real it's like an instrument in itself really absolutely and so so it's you you say you 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 recorded the record all by yourself did you no no not, i didn't record i played everything on it but um you played everything on it yeah the, sorry that's what i mean yeah yeah for the for the i would say 95 percent of it um is, is me um there's a couple nice. so you got a sort of a a marky smith thing going on hotline tnt if it's fucking will anderson and your nan on bongos it's still hotline tnt as long as i'm there it's gonna be good yep <laughs> i went down uh and i really appreciate youtube for this i went down a rabbit hole of your stuff okay because here's so I, I saw you at the show on friday i uh i came up and i, I bought a newsletter zine from you yeah and i read it on the way home and i was like fuck yeah this is this is I'm so so down with that kind of imagination, that creativity, that that stuff around the music, yeah. the the stories, and you know, I was, I was reading something about basketball and your family and you, your dad and your brother. I'm like, this is awesome. This yeah. is this makes my whole experience of Hotline TNT. That's 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 what I want, I man. I mean, that's that's what I like. I mean, that's really what I'm trying to like when I seek out bands that I get obsessed with. That's I want to see their fanzines. I want to see what they're lives are like behind the scenes and stuff like that you know not like mm -hmm. obviously there's everyone's got a persona and i'm sure i have a persona that i'm putting out into public but uh i don't know i just think that that stuff is cool it's it's yeah. all the bands i love do that kind of stuff for the most part it, it's fun it's yeah. it's funny i think there can be more more comedy there could be more funny in punk rock i think absolutely i mean comedy i think is it's pretty intrinsically uh intertwined with good punk and uh good indie rock and that's that's my favorite mm -hmm. kind of stuff so I'm trying to do that with my stuff assnup.com i mean that's just funny by itself <laughs> isn't it assnup yeah so it's it's like ass apostrophe n which is short for okay, association. association yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and when did you start that when did you have the idea for that when did that's, that start percolating i started that in the pandemic i was hunkered down um in seattle randomly i was like um I was in New York when it started up and uh, kind of like got away for the summer. I had, there was a vacant apartment. My friends had kind of abandoned in Seattle and I was just alone, it, um, like most people uh, all summer. Yeah. Uh, a couple walks outside with, you know, six feet away, whatever. Um, but um, when the basketball season started up again, I'm, I've been a big basketball fan, basketball fan for a long time. I just, uh, my love of fanzines and my love of basketball and my love of 
punk rock all kind of just like let's do it all yeah. in one thing that's where i love the way that your family's so included i mean i i kind of go in and out of keeping in touch with my family which is it kind of sucks actually you know it's like i should be better you know, maybe they, you can only speak for yourself. I should be better, I, you know, but I mean, my brother actually just called me and I'm like, fucking awesome. I kind of reconnected with him just over the years and, and keep, you know, keeping your family in the loop is, you know, you hear it so much when you're younger. It's like family's important. I've always, yeah. you know, hate to say it out loud, but I kind of think, ah, whatever, you know, but there's, there's uh, something really well spirited about keeping in touch with the family. It, it's hard, you know, it's like, and my mom would say the same thing. It's just like, she loves every time we get to connect, but she also, I think, has been pretty understanding that like I've, I've gotten busy with my life and I moved away. Um, mm. But it's, you know, it goes both ways. It's like, I, I do have this desire to go back and spend time with them. And, um, you know, I try to include them and I text them like the news about the bands when I, when it comes up yeah. and it's nice. up until they now. Like the band, they're interested. Yeah. It's like, it's hard to explain sometimes. Cause like, until we're doing a tiny desk concert, like an NPR, it's like, I don't know if you guys understand what NPR is yeah. as a, a UK yeah, yeah. person, but like, you know, my it's parents, huge, yeah. they know what Rolling Stone is. They know what mm -hmm. NPR is, but like, they don't know what Pitchfork is necessarily. I mean, I've tried to explain what it is and it's, yeah. but I don't think they up until now maybe realized that like, oh, this could be more than just a hobby or whatever. But, um, they were always supportive of that too though and how do you feel about that stuff i mean we know a pitchfork is you know how uh uh, uh changing that can be for a for a band you know yeah. you get a good review on pitchfork and it actually really can change your life yeah how much i mean do you we'll care see. about that stuff i care i care yeah i mean it's it's you know it's a well-respected website i mean respected or not there's a lot of eyeballs on the website and it definitely amplified the um the reach of the band and mm -hmm. i've i've seen that kind of explode since the album came out and i don't think it's all pitchfork but it's like you know yeah that was one of of many reviews that had some nice things to say about the record and i'm appreciative and yeah. flattered about that but uh, I'm, I'm not you know trying to cater to them i've been making the same kind of records for like five years now it's not like i <laughs> I don't, I didn't change it up this time. So it's, it's cool that they're yeah. lining up to say I'm, I'm great, but, um, that wasn't, wasn't my plan necessarily. And there's something ingrained in indie rock and punk rock and hardcore where, you know, um, you don't, perhaps, you know, there, there are bullies. There are always going to be people who are, who are, who are condemning, condemning certain, uh, outlooks and behavior and wanting to be a quote unquote big band just to kind of dumb it down here to big bandness. Is that, is that a conversation that you've had internally and externally about wanting yeah. to play music, wanting to be involved in something that's community based and is around punk, but also like, why can't, I mean, I'm, I'm probably showing how I feel, but why can't you scale it up and, what, and, and still do make cool shit? Well, that's what we're trying to do. I mean, honestly, we are trying to scale it up and like given the amount of time and money and effort that not only me, but everyone who's been in the band have put into it. It's like, we're getting older and we, I hate to say it, we're getting older, but like we mm, can't yeah. pay the bills of our apartments and like our other things that feed our soul and our bodies if we don't start getting a little bit of return on the amount of time we're dedicating to this, which we love and we'll 
you know, we'll do it whether or not there is financial return. But like, if the audience is growing, is there a way to, you know, scale it up and like, make it more of a like a source of income, I guess, um, not to make it all capitalistic or anything like that. And still do Asin up and, and oh, still yeah. have fun. Still have fun. And like, you know, the label that we are, are with third man is very like, I, I would like every label to act this way, but I think third man really has acted this way, which is like, you know, we want you because of what you've already been doing. Like, we're not going to mm -hmm. like come in and try to change it. So, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. we'll get out of the way. You do your thing and we'll, we'll amp it up. That's kind of what they're doing. I don't think, I don't think I have to change too much. Yeah. And being in a community with Sheer Mag must feel pretty fucking cool. You toured with them, right? Yeah. They're like my favorite band. I mean, and they are like, they are heroes in the DIY scene. And I modeled a lot of what I did as a young musician after what they did, even though we're kind of close to the same age, but they really did. And I told them this on the tour. It's like the way they do business changed the way I interacted with the music industry. And right. when they kind of signed up with third band, I kind of heard they were going to, it made me more interested in like, okay, they're doing it. Maybe we should do it too. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. So what are the mechanisms uh, of, of like, what are the sort of a couple of like the most key points of, you know, business and operating that you, that you, that you learned from them? From Shearmag? Yeah. Oh, they did, from what I could tell, everything themselves down to like producing the records and distributing them and just like, you know, pretty much gave a middle finger to anyone from corporate music worlds. And, and you know, they weren't a traditional, sonically, a punk or hardcore band, which I we all like and stuff too, but they kind of existed in that punk adjacent mm -hmm. worlds, but they were making like Thin Lizzy rock and roll style music and yeah everything from the production style like of the music and like i don't know they're just they're heroes to me for sure and um mm -hmm. yeah the way they kind of moved through the world i'm trying to think of anything specific but they were just a banging band that everyone was super into and they didn't take the easy route of like you know cashing their chips in too early um mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they got sense. their own lane don't they they kind of built their own world yeah yeah there's like there's a whole lore behind that band and i i think that was very inspiring to me have you met jack white i have not no is that gonna happen i have no idea i mean i have <laughs> i don't know i really have don't do not know i've never heard from him i assume he's i know he's aware that the band exists and we are on his label but uh mm. you know i think it's kind of cool it's like jack obviously started the label with with some other people but um it seems like the vibe I'm getting is that like Jack maybe doesn't want to like have this be like the Jack white label anymore, where it's like, mm. you know, even this interview, we're talking about him, but it's like, that's the danger, isn't it? Isn't yeah. It? Yeah. It's like, Oh, hotline TNT. Oh, they're on Jack white's label. It's like, well, he's not even involved really. He's just, yeah, he's, he's started the label, but it's kind of like, I think hopefully I'm not going to put words in his mouth. I don't know. I think he's, it's maybe trying to move into like a new era of like, this is just a record label and it's a cool label. Yeah. But. And he's a guy who's got cool, interesting opinions on how artists can be sustainable. Yeah. Be creative, exist in a world where like playing music or working a, a quote unquote regular job, you know, they're, why shouldn't they be more or less the same thing? You know, if you can get it's tough, paid dude. for it you can do anything in the world you can sit in an office job and not get paid as an intern sure. people still think of it as work but you don't necessarily the culture around us 
I feel like you know they don't people don't really think of playing in a band as as work and hey I don't want to make it boring but it's like or like kind of worries worries you or anyone else playing music but it's like I think there's I think it's so important to be like yeah that's a that's that's fucking that's cool it's something to support something to nurture something to think of strategically right yeah of course I mean it is it's a lot of work being in a band at you know if you're going on tour and making records it's a lot of work and people you know it's it's weird because like i don't think anyone would argue with the fact of like you know we're paying someone to engineer this record or mix the record like they're gonna get paid of course they're gonna get paid mm. but it's like it is kind of a dirty word to kind of think of like the actual musicians making money off playing music and touring it's it's weird it, you know money can corrupt people of course and it mm. makes art weird but it's it's there's a lot of blurry lines and that stuff and we could talk all, all hour about that last two years i've really been hitting it hard with the substitute teacher game which is i think yeah a common one for people who are trying to make music and be actors and that kind of artist world um mm-hmm. so yeah i was yeah i moved to minneapolis in 2016 which is basically where i'm from about an hour away from there um, nice. i was a, couple, a few years out of school and had never taught a day in my life never thought about teaching anything but I had a friend who suggested it and I looked into the requirements and in Minnesota, you have to have a four year degree and a pulse. And then you are in to be a substitute teacher at the Minneapolis public schools. That's a yeah. good shout. Um, and you know, yeah. When you say your, your friend suggested it, that so often I think that's the case. You hear about these things and you kind of right time to hear someone suggest something you're like oh yeah cool and then you you know get off your ass and do you know do some research and that's yeah. interesting isn't it I, I i often thought in school growing up i i thought like oh, at some point it'll just get easier and i don't and i won't have to think i've i've recently realized like 15 years later i guess it's like oh no like brain work is good you know you do eventually at some point get rewarded for, for for brain work and just trying just try you know it's not easy to try mental health gets in the way really sort yeah. of stands between you and and doing stuff um but that that's the kind of the that's you've got to give yourself the best opportunity right yeah no it is hard i mean i a lot of people that i know in my life i have a hard time trying and getting out of the funk that they're in and it's i don't blame people but it's like there's something i mean i i get into funks myself all the time but um at some point you just kind of got to start moving put one foot in front of the other and that's that's a very sweeping statement i just made but it's not you got to do that but it's uh you know it's so hard to talk about this stuff without making sweeping statements and i get myself in trouble you know i have these debates with loved ones quite a lot and you know no one's it's not coming from a bad place of course it's not you know that's that's the the bottom line and we were just trying to like work it out trying to like give ourselves a good foundation or whatever that means you know 
Yeah. But um, before I was, you know, teaching, um, I lived in Vancouver for almost 10 years and I was uh, working, I was a manager of a comic book store. That was yes, a very chill, just retail job. Um, you know, quality. It you know didn't pay a million dollars an hour, but uh, it was you know my boss was like basically a family to me, and um, just let me go on tour whenever I had to go, and I was able to yeah. as as the manager, I was kind of able to be like, all right, can I get my friend in here to work the shop <laughs> for these two weeks? I'm out. It was pretty low key. Yeah. So cool and what was your what was your life like around then i mean were you pretty pretty upbeat pretty relaxed lifestyle i mean you're going to comic book people are always going to buy comic books right especially in the states i mean that's how i imagine it anyway but well this was in canada but yeah close enough sorry um, no, excuse okay. me rude uh, no it's fine um my life was pretty cool pretty chill yeah i mean there was always up you know as soon as i graduated college and until this day there was always the um kind of a low hum in the background of my, my student loan debt um mm. and that's always going to be there I, I assume but um other than that you know i mean everyone has stress day to day but like yeah it's it was it was a pretty good slacker job for an art school graduate um who wants to go on <laughs> tour all the time yeah. now, being a manager that's quite a lot of responsibility isn't it no no <laughs> not not of this story i think um what do we what do i have to do you know calculate the sales tax not even that i just <laughs> I punched in the numbers and uh, I, I was, I was doing cool stuff at the store. Like we, me and the boss, um, the owner of the store, we like started up a, a newspaper together and we were doing that every month. And there was like a lot of work behind that, which, you know, not that it ever made money for the store, but it was definitely like a, a labor of love. And that was one of my duties. Um, yeah. We had shows there occasionally, art shows, stuff like that. Some curation, light curation evolved around that. But yeah. um they're just working at a cash register, selling Pokemon cards for the most part. <laughs> Living out of the Kevin Smith dream, sounds exactly, like. Exactly, exactly. But the funny part is I didn't even, I, I wasn't even a comic person. And I still, you know, I dabble occasionally. But uh, the only reason I started working there is because I um, I was still in school. And it was just a cool store. I mean, I, I walked in there once in a while. And I kind of got to know the, the owner and found out that he was a big basketball fan and player. And we started playing basketball together. And one day I was like, dude, if you ever need somebody to wash the tail at Lucky's, it seems like a good job, chill job. And I was yeah. like, you know, I said it offhandedly. And six months later, he, I think he DM me on Twitter and saying like, do you want to work at the store? Like right now? And I was like, yeah, I'll come <laughs> up right now. Rode my bike up from school and seven years went by. <laughs> Awesome. So, awesome. Yeah. What were you studying? I did visual art, just general visual art. I was doing a lot of like collage work and yeah. uh, like video collage and yeah, and screen printing, stuff like that. You were, yeah, do you think you'd all, you, you were always going to make stuff? You always going to make art, make music? Did I think that then? No, no, yeah, when you were a teenager, you know, from from that kind of that age that you start thinking, okay, I'm going to have to make decisions now about what I study and what I'm going to do. Yeah, I think, you know, it's funny. My older brother, um, I have one brother, his name's Frank, and he kind of was a bit of a role model of just like, he went to school for film, film studies. And uh, I, it was just like, it's a cliche, but I was kind of like, oh yeah, me, I want to do that too. I, I'm into that. Mm -hmm. So I started at like the state school in Vancouver called UBC and I went for film studies. 
and didn't last long there. But um, yeah, I mean, he did kind of, my brother got me into music as a kid and like got me into playing guitar and being in jazz band and stuff like that. So that's kind of the earliest I remember. And I haven't, I haven't really put the guitar down since then, you know, or the bass or whatever, you know. Yeah. So no, probably around sixth or seventh grade. Are you, are you, are you as much into hardcore as you're into indie rock? No, not as much. I'm like, I, again, I would say hardcore adjacent. You know, I, there's yeah. a few bands I love and listen to and go to their shows every time. But like in my day to day life, I, you know, I listen to more like of the classic, like SST style hardcore than anything else if I'm in that yeah. genre. Good energy. You can fucking yeah. taste that stuff, can't you? You can taste the cassette dust. Of course. Yeah. Did, you, did you play in any hardcore bands? Have you played in hardcore bands? I have. Um, played in one in Vancouver called uh, Crazy Bugs. Um, some some people up there. That was like one of my favorite bands to be in. Um, You've lived around then. You've moved around. You grew up kind of near Minneapolis. Replacements, head? Way more Who Screwed You. Interesting. But I, yeah. do, I do. I love both now. Um, and you moved up to Vancouver at some point. Yep, 18 years old. You lived in Seattle. Brief, not really. I wouldn't even say I lived in Seattle. I stayed in Seattle for like, okay, like a stopover, pretty much. Do you, is that? I mean, that's just, that's quite good on you. You know, good on living in a few different places and being open to that. I mean, I think that we do get in the way of ourselves sometimes. That, like, my girlfriend's German, and I'd love to live in Germany. And I'm getting closer to that idea of actually visioning it. You know, visualizing it. But it's taking a, a little while. Even, you know, I mean, on one hand, it's just buying a plane ticket. You know, and yeah. trying to work out a job allowing you you always have to allow yourself to move around and, and get experiences yeah i mean it's it's exciting and there, i think you know for a while when i finished high school i like every year the first four or five years i just moved every year and you can kind of get addicted to that because it's kind of like this isn't exactly what i want so i'm going to bail and go to the next place <laughs> and this isn't exactly perfect so i'm going to bail and go to the next place um and you know thinking about minnesota people like you know, Prince, who was one of my first heroes from Minneapolis. Like, I think what's so cool about him is that he stayed. He always, he stayed the whole time. I mean, he, I'm okay. sure he has houses in LA or whatever, or he did, but like, he really did stay in Minnesota the whole time. But no, I'm, I'm really lucky. I mean, going back to what you said about, you know, I have, I have a great deal on this apartment and I, New York is expensive, but um, I'm very lucky and uh, it's, it's, it's cool to live here for sure. Yeah. And you, you, do you feel like, uh, I mean, I live in London and there's always that pressure of like, there's like five good shows that you want to go to any day of the week. Yeah, There's a lot of pressure. I mean, recently I've just been sacking it all off and just staying at home. Hotline TNT was my big Friday night out. I rode my bicycle there and listened to Guided by Voices, drinking a can on the road. You know, that's, that's my big night. The rest of the week, I'm just at home now. Yeah. Because I just got to fucking relax. What, what's yeah. your attitude? I mean, I love being at home. And this place is like a little bit remote from like the center of the action of um, like, it's not like far, but like if you want to get to a show, I'm going to sound super uh, pampered right now. But um, if I want to go to a show or go to a bar, I can't walk out the door and go to it. I have to. It's going to be at least mm -hmm. 20, 30 minutes on the train. Mm -hmm. walk up a mm -hmm. hill to get there um mm -hmm. and that's it's fine like teenagers again you gotta yeah. try yeah i gotta be a teenager and like you know i am happy to do it and i love 
being in like the most intense city in the world um, where there's always shows happening. But I also, I love being at home. I love being on my computer and playing video games and watching basketball yeah. and hanging with my chihuahua. <laughs> yeah, nice. Is, is right now a bit of a transitionary time for you in terms of part-time jobs and side hustles and like literally not having time yeah. to do that? It is, yeah. I'm, um, I have only worked one day at the Department of Education so far this school year, which is, you know, wow. only started in like September. But um, yeah, we've been on tour pretty much since then. And I'm hoping to uh, sign up for some, some days in December. But um, we'll see. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how much I'm going to work at a day job this year. I hope, I hope it's less and less. Right on. I mean, are you getting, I mean, sorry if this is a rude question, but you're, you're you getting paid a bit more for shows is yeah. you can start organizing and, and forward thinking being like, okay, we're going to do that tour. We're probably going to end up with this much at the end of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well we have, you know, we, uh, this has been a DIY band for a long time, but finally in the last year, um, we started adding some people into the, uh, behind the scenes team. You know, we got a manager, they have a booking agent and they're kind of, it's their, literally it's their job to make sure we have enough money to, keep going and that's right. how they get paid too so it's like yeah it's yeah it's weird but it has become a business um it's in everyone's best interest to sustain it and um someone's making money off this music it's not me yet but uh if someone <laughs> i'm trying to get a bigger piece of that pie and you know it's all going to go back into the band of course at the end of the day so. Calling all passionate goat guns fans your desk is calling and it wants a new goat gun we're thrilled to announce the release of a new model and attachments. Start or grow your collection with the finest miniature diecast products on the market. Explore our website now to see the latest releases and treat yourself or a friend. Don't wait. These models won't be available forever. Get yours at GoatGuns.com. we talk about business i mean we're always gonna sort of <clears throat> say business in a bit of a dour way because it's like business you know it's a dirty word and i i i kind of want to turn that on its head and be like look i mean look we've just met but you're an interesting person if we started a business we'd 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 both be characters and personalities putting our ideas love you know experience into something we we make i think that is i just want to point out that it like you can have a business but it's about the people. It's about the people that make the business. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, and unfortunately, we, you know, we, we are, of course, doing our best to like dismantle the capitalist system that we live under. But in the meantime, we got to kind of simultaneously live within it and survive and fight more, yeah. pick battles and keep fighting whatever you can, however you can, while also eating food and taking care of your loved mm -hmm. ones and stuff like that. Yeah. I think making something out of nothing is maybe the most radical thing and where you spend your money as well. Of course. I mean, yeah, it's, it's economics is you vote where you spend your money and where you don't spend mm -hmm. your money. It's boycotts, all that stuff. It's all, unfortunately, it's, that's what talks the loudest. Again, you know, the older I get, the more I'm kind of thinking, okay, how can I make this work best for me? Because yeah. no one else is going to do it for me True. or for you or for anyone. You've got to be 
try you got to try and be smart <laughs> i think yeah, like I, mean, I don't know how good i am at it but i'm trying it's, it's hard but it's like you know it's also like with this band it's like you know for the most part this is a five-piece band and now we have like somebody who's driving us too and it's like it's kind of like part of my job now is to like make sure those guys are taken care of and like safe yeah. and protected and as much as possible that's kind of a duty that i want to like you know if i'm trying to generate money it's like it's not just to like put into a new graphics card for my computer it's like i want everyone to go home and feel fed you know by their mm -hmm. soul or mm -hmm. make sure their souls are fed and their bodies and, and their minds yeah. and stuff like that hey thanks so much will i sure. yeah, good to chat you you inspire me cool hey same to you man i like to end these asking with like um, a bit of like a work fail uh, that may or may not come to mind. Okay. Um, I mean, I've always kind of fucked up in my jobs. I've, yeah. I, I've, I'm, I'm just inherently uh, an optimist and will say I can do things when I can't yeah. and then fuck it up, <laughs> but learn or something. You know, there's some kind of moral in that. But I mean, what's your, when, when I say that, what, what do you think of? Do anything spring to mind? Oh, three, three or four things just came into my mind as soon as you asked me. And I, I'll try to pick one. There was like, because I'll be honest, I like when you asked me to do this podcast, I like did like a skim of like, okay, who's who's been on the podcast? I'm going to click on a few. And like, I wasn't sure exactly how much you're talking about jobs or if it's just kind of general stuff. And I was like, all right, I should like prepare some like work related stories or something like that. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Work fails. Um, in high school, I worked at a greenhouse, like a florist in my hometown. Um, just kind of like day to day after I'd work after school and like they'd just kind of have greenhouse tasks for me to do. You know what I'm talking about? Like a greenhouse? Nice. There's a, a flower shop, like they were growing the flowers in there? Yeah, more than just flowers. It was kind of like house plants and like okay. industrial, like it was like a kind of a big complex. Um, shout out Christensen's Florist. Um, the house plants, are, people, people love it. That's the yeah, economy, right? Definitely, definitely. Um, I'm, I don't know if any of my plants are visible, but um, they're not in good shape. But um, <laughs> anyway, I did not get along with the boss. Um, they were like kind of Republican carnivores, and I was a young teenage vegetarian, capital D Democrat at the time. So um, it, we just didn't communicate well. And, you know, that was like my first experience getting fired. Um, it was like a really rainy day. They had to be, had me move this giant tarp outside. It was like an hour long project. Just like, I'm, you know, I may have a dad bod now a little bit, but I'm still pretty scrawny. And I was really scrawny back then. And I was just kind of like this little twig moving a giant tarp for like an hour. And it was like, right as I finished it, soaking wet in the rain and i came back inside and the boss was like i think we're gonna let you go and i was like all right good day for it that's makes me feel awesome after all that work Why? i don't know if that's a fail did, did they, did, hey no it all counts it's it's all yeah. it's all it's all an experience why why do you reckon what what, what was the what were the the factors behind the they, his thinking behind his well, thinking they they said something about how they would give me something to do and I would just kind of stand there and not do it right away or something like that. Obviously, I'm more suited to things like working in a comic book store than hauling house plants and tarps and repotting things. It's just I did recover later in life. I did uh, some landscaping in Minneapolis for a company called the Gardening Angels. 
and I did pretty good about that. Right in there. I did fine there. So maybe I did come around, but I'm I'm a slacker at heart, and I deserve to be at a comic book store. Right on, Big Willie Anderson from Hotline TNT here on 101 Part Time Jobs. Thank you for listening. If you like Hotline TNT, you can go back and listen to episodes with Military Gun, uh, Kurt Vile was the other day, Dan Yeeman from Lifetime Kid Dynamite, Painter Black, uh, Metric Snail Mail. Big Thief, uh, The Menzingers, Andrew Savage, Matt Kerakis from Citizen. Um, loads of great stuff. Loads of great episodes recently, so you can go back and listen to those. If you're into it, you can subscribe. You can leave a rating and a review. Uh, got episodes coming up in the next couple of weeks with Speed. Uh, tomorrow we'll have Eugene from Gogo Bordello. And after that, we've got Lauren Hibbard, Frank Carter, yeah, loads of stuff. So subscribe. I'll see you then. Cheers. Headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com